0: Some of you know me as a conservative Latino. Some of you know me as a fantasy sports pioneer who helped commercialize the industry with my good friend, Big John.
1: That's right, William. Big John, formerly of sports grumblings, currently of nerd fantasy sports, famous the world over for my large girth and keen fantasy sports mind, as well as politics and other uh, fun stuff. William, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing pretty good, but I don't need to hear about your girth. That's between you and your wife.
1: That's absolutely true, and uh, thank you very much for pointing that out. I'm sure that'll help my reputation uh, more than harm it at any given point. Uh, well, you
0: are called Big John. That's Got true. Me up a little bit. I've Dear earned God, it. I'm just rolling on my tongue right now. I've earned it. I've earned it. That's why. <laughs> there you go. Well, before we run off, many of our conservative listeners. That's true. Let's let's lay out the lay of the land tonight. Sure. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the COVID hypocrisy at the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the pathetic referee. We're going to talk about overcoaching. It's pretty much going to be a Super Bowl show. We're going to right. talk a little bit of comedy at the end there with COVID. Well, I wouldn't call it comedy, but it's the comedic world. So, Big John, talk to me. What are your initial thoughts about
1: the Super Bowl? And I want you to start with a hard hitting piece here in terms of Joe Mixon. Listen that game went exactly the way we thought it would when we talked about it the last podcast previewing the super bowl but i'll tell you one thing what happened to joe mixon you're absolutely right what happened to joe mixon you have the we said it last time the best running back on either team joe mixon he was running the ball hard but you know what william sometimes these coaches these young guys in the on the sidelines there i think they outthink themselves joe mixon on two key third and ones on the fourth and one not on the field even forget giving him the ball he wasn't even on the field so that was one less piece the Rams defense had to worry about I don't know what happened to him he was running the ball hard uh but that aside uh I thought the game was entertaining I thought it was an interesting battle um, it, it was low scoring. Like I thought it might be like, I didn't expect one of these like blowout 40 to 35 games. You know, I thought it would be in the twenties. Um, as a matter of fact, I kind of sort of predicted a 20, uh, 23, 20 game. If you recall the last uh, episode, but uh good game. Uh, and again, the Achilles heel showed up that Bengals offensive line showed up, uh, and really. In the truest sense of the world, the Achilles heel of the Bengals team uh, this season. Oh, my goodness sakes. It, it, we're going to go and talk about other topics with the Super Bowl. But
0: you saying that reminded me the final play where he got sacked, Joe Burrows. Yeah. Jaden Ramsey had fallen down. Jamar Chase was wide open. Yeah, And they he just was. bought him a couple more seconds. Yeah. But that said, I thought there was overanalyzing of the game itself the punt i mean going for it on fourth and 1 horrible at midfield early on horrible call it's, it's like what the hell happened to common sense look a lot of the youngsters who do analytics really fall in line with the head coach's mentality of today the analytics said this the analytics yeah. said that well if the analytics say jump off a cliff as our <laughs> parents used to tell us are you going to jump off the cliff yeah no we lack common sense at times because Going for statistically, maybe the analytics say, "Hey, you're going to get it more often than not." But the problem is, is when you don't get it, as the Bengals did, they gave a powerful offense in Matthew Stafford yeah. and company, Odell Beckham and and Cooper Cup a short field to play with, and that is
1: deadly in a game like that. It's deadly, and it doesn't take human emotion into account. Look, uh, we I'll expand it, but one of my prop bets, which I hit on, was the first kickoff to be a touchback, right? Right. Now, if you looked at the statistics, touchbacks between both kickers were roughly around sixty percent. Right? right? Why was I so confident that the first kick? Because everyone's hyped. No matter who's kicking off, that ball's sailing through the end zone. Because both kickers, first time I think in the in the Super Bowl, they were pumped. It's it's going to be you know, coaches tend tend to be conservative. So really you got to take human emotion into account. Going forward, fourth and one, like you said, on the first drive of the game, what's the upside? The upside is you get a first down and you get to keep marching the ball forward, right? Right. What's right. the downside? Very likely, you're in a 7-0 hole, very likely, all right? Correct. You can't Correct. have that in the Super Bowl. you got to be focused on winning. You can't be focused on your, your errors, right? Your shortcomings. So that's why it was a bad, bad decision on my part. On, on the, uh, uh, in my opinion, on the part of the Bengals. So, and and again, given that they went for it, why, why wasn't mixing in? Why wasn't mixing in? At least have him in. Put the thought in the Rams' defense that, P. Ryan, on every short yardage, um, every short yardage play, P. Ryan got the ball. I I, I read, uh, uh, you know, I looked up the stats. P. Ryan as a short yardage back is not effective throughout throughout the twenty twenty one season. He only hit something like two out of nine attempts. He wasn't that effective. Whereas Mixon, I think he converted in those situations something like 27 out of 40 times. He was much the much better short yardage back and, right. of course, the better back overall. So, like you said, horrible decision-making, horrible.
0: He, he had a couple of good runs. I mean, they were stuffing him. But there yeah. were a couple of runs where he got eight, ten yards and showed, hey – he can run through that line, man.
1: but but they never built on it. That was the problem. Right. They right. they would get one solid run, then they it would seem like they would try to pop it to Chase or Higgins, and and that the effectiveness of the run of uh, the play action is that when the defense is convinced you're going to run the ball, is you going to
0: run the ball. This is one of the instances of why I believe. Off head coaches, young whiz kids, should not be calling their plays because they forget to be a head coach. Right? They get so wrapped up in being too cute with the playbook, etc., yes. etc., that they forget to be a head coach. That's the type of situation where Dick Vermeer would have gone, son, <laughs> just play some football. Right? Don't right. get cute <laughs> with the game, you know. And it paid off. Kurt Warner. I mean, that was a best offense we've seen in decades, and right. he knew how to use them. Right. I think what bothered me the most with refereeing. I found the refereeing to be disgustingly bad. And here are some of the tweets I saw. Here's one tweet responding to the USA Today talking about the Bengals should hold their heads high. And the tweet said they were only a legit ref away from winning. Mm -hmm. Another tweet talking about the officiating is a non-issue here. The tweet says, if you believe this, then you believe Ryan Tannehill can get the Titans to the (laughs) Super Bowl and win. Okay. And another tweet was it was a fitting conclusion to what was an epic playoff season for the NFL. And the tweet is what the bleep were you watching? The (laughs) refs ruined it. Right. I got to be honest, John, those are my tweets. Oh, see, that's why I was (laughs) chuckling. But at the end of the day, there were many tweets like that. I will never recognize the Rams as legitimate winners. I believe the refs gave him the game. And here's why there were bad calls throughout the whole game. Right. However, when you have a lot of time left, it doesn't affect your strategy or tactics. You're still clinging to your playbook and right. your game plan, especially in a game like this. I was going back and forth. Right. The T Higgins TD, the, uh, where, where, where Jalen Ramsey played the part of a bobblehead yeah. was, was, was outrageous. But what people don't realize is early on, there was a hold by by Ramsey that negated the drive. Right. And I think they had the result in a field goal. So there were just bad calls going all the way. But when you have a bad call, a phantom call that, that, that if not called puts the Rams in a fourth and eight, I mean, that's, that's magic. That's what everybody right. wants to see at the end. Instead they get a set of a fresh set of downs. And here's what people who have never played sports or armchair excuse me, be, fat ass people right. thinking they can, they can call a game better or thinking they know best, don't realize is when they got a fresh set of downs, that Bengals defense was completely deflated. Now that, And then, as you saw, there were other penalties that resulted. But what many don't realize is on that phantom call, it was a clear false start by the Rams yeah. line. So that play should never have even happened, which would have resulted in third and long. Right. But at the end of the day, my take for this game they were letting them play yes up until that point so yes. to me the refs gave the rams the game and what burns me up it's like the rams had this pipeline for corrupt ref cause let's not forget the saints call where the guy literally mugged the 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 the, the saints receiver there yeah uh, no i'm sorry yes that's what it was wasn't it
1: it was he three years them. ago, yeah, when they played the Patriots in their, exactly. their so Patriots. in fact, that play is why I rooted for the for the Patriots <laughs> in the Super Bowl to beat the Rams. I just loathe
0: when a team wins because of the refs, and the right. Rams were given that Super Bowl, and Bengals Nation yeah. was robbed of a fair shot to yeah. bring one yeah. home.
1: Yeah, and I, look, I know, like like you said, there's going to be Rams fans out there that said, "Oh, what about the missed call on T. Higgins, the the face mask and everything?" Yeah, okay but I think your point is the important one up until the last two minutes of the game, the refs were a non-factor, quite honestly, they let everybody, you know how in baseball they say, you don't care what an umpire strike zone is as long as it's the same throughout the whole game. Right? So if he's calling high strikes, cool, high strikes, you know, same thing in football. If you're going to be ticky tacky, be tick, ticky tacky, the whole game. If you're going to let them play, let them play the whole game. And to me, uh, there were several times during that game, I turned to my friends here when we were watching the game, uh, just saying, wow, they're letting them play. You know, I'm seeing aggressive uh, defensive back play. I'm seeing aggressive tackling and no one seems to be, you know, but then those last two minutes, that was that was a crying shame. And on top of everything you just mentioned, here's another one. Aaron Donald was lined up off sides uh, on the final play for the Bengals on that fourth and one where they uh, tried to throw the ball again instead of running Mixon. Um, and people, too you know, cute. too cute. Yeah. That's a five, that's an automatic first down because he was lined up in the neutral zone. So, and if you saw the pictures uh, on Twitter, um, literally he was at least a foot and a half, like his entire helmet was past the, the neutral zone. So, you
0: know, Joe, one thing about the past. rest that I've noticed is a lot of them are old. They can't run with these players. You know, but we got mm. enough rest covering quadrants or sectors or whatever. I'm like, you still see it, that they can't keep up. I mean, and as you get older, you lose eyesight. Vision. Oh, yeah. You lose. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. Going back to the to, to steroid hockey in that Denver Broncos and Chargers game with the fumble, that wasn't, a, yeah. <laughs> I just, I get flabbergasted because the NFL doesn't seem to want to do anything to improve the refereeing. And then they bring the, the, the instant replay and in the playoffs, I'm like, that should be a booth call. The instant replay, meaning it's like, look, that pass interference isn't technically an injury. We're going to get this right. You know, that was blatant pass interference. We're, we're calling the shots. So it's a fair game. And some common sense things get bogged down by, by rules. It's kind of like a catch what's a catch now? And and, and they've got this convoluted system that, that refs have to go through in their heads per the rules. When you can look at it and go, okay, it's, it's, it's not a catch. It's kind of like when I want to give a bonus to somebody, an employee, I can't because the other employee can take me to court and say, "Well, we had the same job. Why didn't I get the bonus? Well, because he's a better boy." Right. You know, so so they try to generalize everything to the point it hurts the game more than helps it. Any thoughts on that before we move on?
1: Yeah, I think look, uh, most referees know what's a good call and a bad call. They and and I think a lot of them suffer from they don't want to be graded poorly. So a lot of times they they will make a safe call as opposed to the call that they think is right. Um, In this particular case, I don't know. I don't know what could have been done because that T Higgins, the one that the the two that stand out to me was the T Higgins call, the face mask, which was obvious to everyone. And the Logan Wilson uh, at the goal line, when he swatted the ball away from Cooper cup, which was a great play by the way. Well, that's the phantom call, and that was yeah. And they called the holding on that, and I just it just blew my mind. It, it, I would again, I don't think that particular was a penalty, even in a closely called game, and certainly not a penalty in the type of game that was being called up until that point. But you're right. Until the NFL decides that they're going to have full time referees that they pay to train all year, and you know that they maybe set up a mandatory retirement age and all that sort of thing. Uh, you're going You're always gonna have this. Always.
0: I mean, when they were announcing the MVP, I thought the Rams were gonna go, and we like to thank the refs.
1: <laughs> we like this to tonight. <laughs> we like like to uh, wrap like the them up, yeah.
0: and the refs going. You know, I was waiting. I was waiting for the re- there was. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. that's a corrupt I think. People don't realize how bad referee can, can 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 be. I won't talk about it tonight, but I'll tell why I load the ref- referees and it goes back to the Portland Lakers series when Ooh. Shaq was was there and that big train of a man barreling down and the refs looking at him and, and dude he's running people over it's a i don't know i don't know actually i do know it's just i'm so frustrated but okay let's go on to some good news here for you big john you and fantasy nerds talk to me about some of these prop bets
1: oh yeah we we got lucky so um i first of all i hit my game bets i don't think you really wanted to use the term lucky as much right lucky is not the right word (laughs) but um i i maximized my probabilities as any good analyst would um so we 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 hit both our game bets, which was we had a futures bet on the Rams at plus 800 that we picked up in October. And we also put four, uh, we took the Bengals at four and a half points as a hedge bet. Since the Rams won by three, we covered on both bets. So that was a nice payday. I also hit one of my favorite props that I mentioned last uh, uh, episode, which was any non-quarterback to throw a touchdown pass, which of course paid off plus 1100. Uh and that came from Joe Mixon, the halfback option uh touchdown. Uh I also hit, like I said, on the f- opening kickoff to be a touchback. Uh, because like I explained to you, hyped up, hyped That's up. Right. Kickers are hyped up, That's so right. they kicked them right through the end zone now. Uh, so that was that to me was an easy uh prop to hit. Uh I didn't hit on Joe Mixon as MVP, obviously. That went to Cooper Cup, um, which again I thought was Deserve, but if you had given it to aaron donald uh i think aside from the referee that you wanted to give it to um uh, uh I, I think you could have had either aaron donald uh get it or a, a sharing between cup and donald because quite honestly um People don't realize that the MVP voting takes place before the end of the game. Like the NFL tends to collect those votes around the two-minute mark, right? Right,
0: right. Well, it's also fans voting too, man. But it's
1: I think that's only like 20%. But even then doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. But even then, that's still the voting for that closes relatively early on NFL.com or whatever, right? So my point is that at the two-minute mark, right after roughly when Cooper Cup caught the winning touchdown pass. At that point, absolutely, I would have voted for Cooper Cup because he was he was the only thing keeping the Rams afloat offensively. Right, right? right.
0: And, and let me say this about Cooper Cup. Uh, last episode, I said I'm not a big believer in wide receivers getting into the Hall of Fame, but there's always exceptions when receivers play like that yeah. more, over their careers, like Jerry Rice, Randy yeah. Moss. I would never argue against being in the Hall of Fame because the the exceptional receiver can make the quarterback, an average quarterback, look, look good. better. Yeah. But most of the time it's a quarterback that makes the receiver look good. Look at Alvin Harper in Dallas. Right. Players like that. All righty. So your prop bets in 10 seconds. Where can they find out more of the uh, of this information?
1: Fantasynerds.com, your resource for uh, sports excellence. So check us out, fantasynerds.com.
0: And I love the color. I love the nerd lumin uh, luminescent green. All right, people, one more thing on the Super Bowl before we go to the hypocrisy of the mask is ratings have been delayed. And I think that's because network television, about 60-70% of Americans say that we're going to watch it on TV, maybe 80%, but the point is, I don't think those are going to give the numbers that the that, that NBC wants to share. So I think they're waiting for all the streaming and I also believe once they get all these other numbers in, I think we're going to clear $100 million, where last year they did it. I think all the negativity of last season is gone and it was a great, magical season. Literally every weekend there were great games and it and a- as you told me off-camera earlier, the playoffs were phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. The Super Bowl was really was yeah. really uh, two losing teams, the Chiefs and, and the Bills, in terms of excitement uh, right. of a game. Yeah. So I want to talk about the mask hypocrisy. And bear with me, I've got a bunch of images here in regards to to celebrities, stars. Right. But here was the rule. The NFL has issued guidelines for people watching from the stands this year, including a mask mandate that requires all spectators over age two to wear a mask while inside the stadium, regardless of vaccination status. Now, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, you know Ellen, who makes her viewers in, in, or who come, come to the studio wear masks right. is out there parading Emmett Smith, Yay, better known as Kanye West. It, it was just a it was just a pathetic nightmare. And and to make it worse, the kids were forced to wear the mask. The, the LA Youth Orchestra. Right. And and I played a mean trumpet, by the way. <laughs> but they were forced to wear masks while the singers, players, and fans were massless. I mean, it's it's nobody cares about the kids. And to make it worse, Eric Garcetti, I have to read this quote with asked today about the mask. I wore my mask the entire game. And when people ask for a photograph, I hold my breath and put it here and people can see that Garcetti said, referring to the mask in his hand. There's a 0% chance of infection from that. That was nothing but a bald face lie. They have him in a little circle there uh, without his mask, just chatting away. So unless he held the record for holding his breath as what he says he does, the hypocrisy knew no bounds. And, And that's just how it went over and over and over with these stars and in this this game took out was out in LA today kids are forced to be uh, to the socially distance and wear masks and and they lie and say the kids don't mind when papers have come out what would you like to change I don't want to wear a mask they have a video of a group of kids in another state who were told you don't have to wear masks it was as if They had just watched the lunar landing, or they won the lottery, how happy they were. This is disgusting. And if you're somebody who believes in these masks, you believe that it's okay for us to lose our rights while the elites don't have to. And to make it worse, all these individuals, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, 99% of it, or 70% of it, rather, to be fair, is Democrats. You see them at these events. They're maskless, but the higher help, and out here tends to be mostly Latino, they're wearing the mask. I'm like, and these are the people you believe are fighting for us. It's like, get a clue, wake the bleep up, and let's move forward because we're going to have to learn how to live with COVID.
1: Well, look, I tend to be a little bit more torn on this subject than you are, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, um, as a libertarian, obviously I'm very concerned in my individual rights. And, and I do believe in what the conservatives are, have co-opted from us, the libertarians, when we talk about individual determinism and body autonomy and stuff like that. So I, I am sympathetic to it. However, yeah. I, I, I am also, I have to admit that sometimes you can have the right message and the wrong messengers, right? You can you can have the right message, but the wrong messenger bringing you the message. And in this particular case, I think that you had the initial nonsense that started around COVID. Then you had the reaction from from the opposing team. So, initially, uh, without getting too much into it, this is the way I see it: was the Republicans, the Trump uh, supporters, initially came out knowingly lied about COVID being serious. Knowingly lied about it being nothing more than a political hoax. And this is on tape. Bob Woodward. No, it's not. It's not on tape. Well, it is on tape. Bob Woodward interviewed Trump, and Trump admitted that he said, I lied about COVID because I wanted to uh protect the people that was his excuse now whether you believe him or not i don't
0: think it was trump who said that but either way trump, you know it was so either trump. way
1: woodward and bursey
0: made their bones through deep throat not through any reporting and ever since then all they've been doing is deep throating the democrat party
1: well maybe but in this particular case um he he had a phone call and trump took the phone call
0: oh that's from his book right and it's
1: on record yes and it's on record, yes, yeah, it's yeah. on record. I, trump I've got to
0: see that trump to admitted
1: that to depression. it okay so believe me i but, but hold on hold talk. on
0: everything we said as conservatives that were mocked is coming true today like the what? science has not changed like the what? lies have not held up well
1: no i see this is where i disagree with you i think that look the science has not changed listen 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 here's here's again i i'm really literally trying to uh, understand both sides look democrats have clearly or liberals or or left status whatever you want to call them they have clearly taken advantage of the situation there's no doubt right they never have let, clearly,
0: what's it saying never let a tragedy go to waste
1: well that was with rahm Emanuel yeah, who said that never yeah. let, let that, a good, that's,
0: a, that's what they live by yeah Every never treasure. let a
1: good let never let a good emergency go to waste or a good crisis go to waste right yeah 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 um now but, but, but you have to understand something too like, I honestly think, and, and again, I'm speaking as, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, I actually have, my, my first degree was in biology. I'm married to a microbiologist who is on the New York City um, uh, alert team for viruses and, and uh, pandemics and things like that. Not that I'm an expert. I have some knowledge of these things, okay? The Fauci is not a criminal. Fauci is not someone out to get your kids burks is not out to put you in you know that's that's all nonsense okay at the same time you're right the hypocrisy of demanding masks outside the stadium and then when people are in the stadium they take their masks off or they take them off for a performance or they're not socially distancing they
0: never had their mask on no but that's what i'm saying one of the kickers here's one of the kickers one of the kickers is when they put the mask on they're messing it when you wear a mask like they say, you're supposed to. You get over that when you're not accustomed to wearing a mask. That's what you do. And look, at yeah. the end of the day, the the, the, the science uh, was always there. It's just they flat out lied about it, or they twisted it, or and you know as well as I do, stats are always manipulated to find the answer. But here's the kicker, and this is somebody coming from a country that saw two dictators, where if you spoke out a turn, one of those dictators was going to make you disappear. When they started censoring scientists. That's when I knew it it, it was all fake. It was because in in a society as ours, you let the debate happen and then you let people make the decision. So when somebody hears only one side that's where they're going to blindly believe. And, and oh, I take it simple. When you see these pictures, when you see the videos of the elites not wearing their masks and the help being forced, that's your bottom line answer. We can go through whatever shenanigans and I don't yeah, mean point. shenanigans in a negative way. I mean the political, uh, uh double talk, but there's obvious, it's, it's kind of like common sense, fourth and one 50 yard line. We just yeah. talked about it. Common sense versus analytics common sense versus somebody trying to drown you in stats and, and, and double talk, et cetera,
1: et cetera. But, but, but William, look like I'm, you're right. But at the same time, you have to understand <laughs> your of side of I'm the right. fence. And by the way, when I say your side of the fence, that doesn't imply that I'm on the other side of the fence. Right. I'm no, just, no, saying,
0: I understand that, but it just shocks me as a libertarian. You're okay with these freedoms being taken away. No, no, I'm
1: not okay with them. I believe me. I'm not okay with them, but at the same time, I don't want, the rule of idiocracy to take hold. So for example, when I see uh, Trump supporters who, in order to defend their individual rights, this is what I meant by the right message, but the wrong messenger. In order to defend their individual rights, they have COVID parties. Somebody put this- A few
0: people do that, but it wasn't just the Trump supporters. A lot of football players who are BLM supporters were throwing parties in the preseason. Well, let's, let's See, not, let's hold on, not hold on. That's <laughs> the double talk that I'm talking about. But let's not confuse it issues. It wasn't right our now. Trump
1: supporters. Let's man, not confuse but, issues right now. We could talk BLM and, uh, later, okay? No, no, no. But what, what I'm
0: saying of, is they were leftists who were supporting uh, all the mandates and and everything on okay. that. and They're having parties. No, but they, but, 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 fair but enough. they
1: didn't want us to know about it. Fair enough. I got you. But at the same time, you're looking at people, first of all, you get people who, who don't know anything about science. And I'm literally talking about high school dropouts who all of a sudden think they're virologists of the first order, we right? you call them Democrats. You call, they combed <laughs> everything, quite honestly. And here's the thing, who put this term herd immunity in people's minds? Because every time I've heard some Rube talk to me about herd immunity, they don't know what they're talking about. They think herd immunity means that we should all, listen, even Trump said it, get herd immunity, we need to get to herd immunity. You know how you get to herd immunity? You get to herd immunity when the rate of infection is below 1. Okay? Well, hold, on, it's very hold, on, simple. hold on, hold on, hold
0: on. As we were kids, your parents, my parents, everybody, yeah. I never saw it. But when somebody caught chickenpox, they didn't matter they didn't care if the other kids in the family caught it because once you caught it, that was it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a form of herd immunity there so herd but immunity it's not, has various, it's not
1: it's not the same thing it's right, not is is the it? same
0: but but you're talking scientifically of course and i get that and i agree but in generalities when people talk about herd immunity they're talking about uh being able to uh live with this pandemic get it you know
1: no, it, but that, no, see, you may gain think your that, natural immunity. Oh, see, this is this is, where, this is where I refuse to give credit to the majority of Trump supporters. All right. It has you're, nothing to do with Trump supporters. No, That's sure what it does. The average
0: I, American would think. See, no, you're no, so no, hung no. up on Trump supporters. I am. You don't look at the fact it's the average American.
1: No, but it's not the average American. It's that only is. about half of the average so American. So what about all
0: these leftists who are Black and Latinos who yeah. didn't want the vaccine? They're okay. not Trump supporters. Correct. That's the bulk of that culture, and they vote leftists. So, again, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. Yeah. I'm completely disagreeing with you're trying to lay the blame on Trump. Because I'm not. I'm Trump. not.
1: I said that from the beginning. I'm not laying the blame on Trump supporters. I am. <laughs> you just did. It. Yeah, no, you got You no, said no. all these Trump supporters holding these parties. Yes, because listen, there's two sides that are contributing to this overall mess, right? Like, listen, in my utopia this is what happens right well thank you for acknowledging the yes. utopia. yes i agree <laughs> in my utopia the government or, or whoever was in charge trump at the time comes out and says look we're dealing with this pandemic we really don't know what's what it's about right now okay so let's be a little smart people wear a mask don't go to these crowded events. Stay home for a while. Listen, and that's I said, where the
0: science. Well, that's that's where the propaganda. Even early on, you don't need the mask because they don't work. No, they, they will never said that, stop William. Because they will not stop. Yes, they did. There's no, footage on video saying that. No, and they you, said. Even Biden says you get the vaccine, you won't catch COVID. I listen, mean, the double talk was there. See, John, hold on. We got to move on. Yeah. I'm going to give you the last word. Sure. But at the end of the day, is you scientifically, I will never disagree with you. But what they were saying to, the, to, to what I call the sheep, and okay. sheep on both sides. Yep. See, that's the difference is I'm not going to blame Trump or just Democrats. I look at the elites who were spewing the double talk out and then censoring those who were coming up and saying, well, hold on here. So, so the average person never had a chance to learn about herd immunity and how you need to look at it because they were censored. I give you uh, the
1: last. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. Yeah, listen. Damn right. <laughs> on both on both sides of the equation, the the bottom line is, both sides did not trust the people to make up their minds for themselves.
0: You, and they, they I, didn't I'll, trust them, or just wanted they didn't? It's not a matter of trusting people to make their own decisions as much as they wanted to force their own beliefs on them. for, okay. for ulterior and motives. Fair but enough. But there's a but, big difference in that.
1: But there is. But at the same time, like, listen. I'm not a big believer in government conspiracies, and I'll tell you why. Because a government conspiracy assumes hyper-competency on the part of the government. And I don't believe the government's competent in anything, well, anything.
0: John, that's where you're wrong from the military, I can tell you. The government is pretty good at setting protocol, but it's not the government. It's the people working within the government. So in the military, after the big fiasco, oh, my God, I should know this, but I'm forgetting the name of the guy who pretty much was giving the Russians. If we had gone to war against the Russians in the 70s, they would have won because of this individual. They made a movie about him. Oh, I feel like an idiot. I'm drawing a blank. But the point is, since then, I can tell you security is top notch in the military. But the fallacy is there's always an idiot. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I was an idiot once. Uh, I'll tell you that story off camera, okay? Because it's like, oh my god, you didn't get in trouble. <laughs> like nobody found out, Yeah. But the point is, is uh, 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 uh the government is good at hiding, hiding bleep. You know? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, I- I'll I'll agree with you on that. And
0: at propaganda.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you on that, and and I do believe there should have been more transparency. I'm, I, again, on both sides. Listen, if someone came out and I, I firmly believe this. I firmly believe. Fauci is not a politician. He's not a policymaker. He's a scientist. So a lot of times he he responded like a scientist. And what he didn't realize is when he did that, people take take it and use it, right? So I I I'm, I, I'm, I would just advise people be be reasonable, okay. You, you, yeah, well, you, you know, uh, I, I agree. I agree. But, but Fauci has a lot
0: of his background that people weren't aware of, of profit making, being on boards, etc, etc. And all that plays a role. And my issue with Fauci is he was never a doctor. After he got his degree, he went into government bureaucracy. And when you don't work with patients, and, and you become a bureaucrat, oh, he's not when you become a bureaucrat, it's like you said, these idiots in the government. Yeah. So I'm not saying well, Fauci wasn't was not always being truthful, but he also deceived people with wanting to project something. And it was Fauci who said he lied about the mask. I just remembered to protect people.
1: It he was lied Fauci about what?
0: That he lied about the mask, saying that he was saying it uh, because we needed to protect people. Look, the masks don't work. Science well, has shown that.
1: Well, listen, the masks look K95s work. K95s. K-95.
0: Huh?
1: You mean the N95s? Yeah, the KN95s. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. They they work they work the best. KN94s work a little bit better. And do cloth they stop masks, the
0: virus from transmission? From
1: listen, going through that a cloth the molecular
0: biologists, the molecules, how? No, the, I understand the that. They are. Listen,
1: listen. The, the the cloth masks that most most people wear are not as effective as the the N95s. There's have no you ever drop. worn an
0: N90? Have you ever worn a mask to sandblast? And those are those, those are some of the best around. Yeah. They don't work. I have. Eventually afterwards, you take that stuff off and there's all crap there. It just helps limit it. You know, again, right. common sense uh, uh dictates reality and True, we can bind but- people to it with embog embog them down with science, uh uh which can science are like is like stats, you know. It, it, I guess my issue, the bottom line this is. Uh, the science is decided. We both know good and well, it's not. It's it's hypotheses meant to always be challenged.
1: Right. Science is a process. It's not yeah. a discipline. So, a so the moment a
0: politician goes, the science is settled. I'm like, you're lying.
1: Well, you know, because some, that's not some true. Facts, some facts are settled. But yeah. you're right. Science isn't. But anyway. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Science. Let's
0: move on. Because my friends, uh, just because we disagree like this doesn't mean I don't love Big John. I don't need yeah. to hear about his girth, but I love Big John. Oh uh, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All righty, we're gonna talk a little bit about the big one of the big stories in the NFL. Uh, I'm just gonna mention that we don't need to talk about it, but people believe OBJ uh, Odell Beckham uh, tore his ACL. So how much that impacts him, we'll know a little bit down the road. But 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 I'm gonna make one comment, then I'll allow John one comment, then we're gonna move on for time. I wouldn't give him the money he may be looking for until I know he's hundred percent healed and who else is out there because ACOs and wide receivers, right. they do slow him down. He's not the same receiver he was before the first one and how this one's going to affect him. Who knows? Now that said, after the first one, he was still an elite receiver, but how's this one going to affect him? Yeah. And my issue with OBJ isn't him. It's his dad. His dad can't keep him from getting in trouble. Yeah. You know. So what's your take on OBJ before we talk about the bigger story?
1: Listen, um I think OBJ right before he hurt his knee was a clear redemption story this year, right? I mean, leaving the Browns the way he did, um he was literally someone that the players wanted, right? They knew how good he was, but the public perception around him had clearly turned negative, you know. Right,
0: right, right. And the Thank fact Daddy. that the,
1: that he landed with the Rams he was productive, right? Ever since he got there, he scored as many touchdowns as Cooper Cup, I think.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing, too. In essence, you had two number one receivers on that team. Who are you going to double team?
1: Right. No, he benefited from Cup. There's yeah. no I mean, doubt about I mean,
0: in defense, they both benefited from each other. But Cup was doing it before yes, exactly. Odell got there. Yeah. Odell wasn't doing it in Cleveland, was he?
1: So the thing also is, the other thing people, so I feel bad for Odell Beckham because I kind of liked him. Even when he was the Giants, I thought he was a little, you know, what you might call a young, young, obnoxious dude, but he was a solid dude, I thought. I left him in the locker room. Yeah, I I, I thought he did well in L.A., like really built up his stock. But here's another key question most people are considering. What happens when Robert Woods comes back? Because Woods was one of the great underrated receivers in the NFL for the Rams, Robert Woods.
0: Well, here's the deal. What happens now? The NFL is a as much about business and putting butts in the stand as it is productivity. So if they're equal. It, it's a no brainer. It, it's Odell who, yeah. who, who's going to win that battle because he puts butts in the seats. He gets viewers to watch television, whether they're haters or not. That's the sad thing about America. we we build somebody up to want to tear them down. It, right. And it, it, it irks me when you when somebody gets hurt and, and people are clapping and cheering them on. and Because and in fantasy football, we're hypocrites. It's yeah. kind of like, this is our belief. Yeah, yeah, I want him to just kind of tweak something so it, it, he doesn't get hurt for next week, but he gets out of the game. Right, so, right. So, so I think that's going to hurt me.
1: Well, I was watching the game with a diehard Giant fan friend of mine. And I can tell you the joy he had when he saw Odell get hurt. (laughs) He was jumping up and cheering. I was like, yo, man, take take it easy here. You know, it's a human being there. He's like, oh, F him. Yeah, yeah. And and the worst are the Philly fans. I mean,
0: come on. They still bought uh, Santa Claus. You know what they tell me in their defense? He was a
1: drunk. (laughs) Didn't they cheer when Irvin's career got ended in Philly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they did. They're brutal. They're brutal. they're, they're, They're the worst fans. In the, in the on the planet, I think. Well,
0: I don't want to say the worst fans, but they're the most. Let's be politically correct. The most critical fans. They're the most negative. <laughs> they're the most negative. They are. Fans. They are the equivalent of you in your thoughts of Trump. How's that?
1: Fair enough. I'll Fair take it that. Out.
0: All right. Let's go on to the big story here. Kyler Murray. Yeah. For those, uh, do you want me to take it or you want to take it? Oh, well,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. Kyler Murray ahead. basically, uh, um, I think a week ago during the Super Bowl week, I think it was on a Monday or a Tuesday, he basically went out and deleted all references to the Arizona Cardinals from his Instagram account. Except left for only two, two posts. Yeah, he just means. left two posts of himself basically up. And a lot of people were, you know, of course, that sets everybody a buzz, right? Because now this is how players communicate. It's via social media, right? So they were like, what does that mean? Does he want to be cut? Does he want to be, what's Cliff Kingsbury doing? So I don't know what to make of it other than, listen, Murray is a weird dude. And by weird, I don't mean strange. I mean, it's weird that someone who grew up with all this attention, being a two-sport star He had options to go play with the Oakland Days and chose football. Number one overall pick. Listen, somebody like that you would think would be used to dealing with the media. And he's not like, I saw a couple of uh, interviews, one with Dan Patrick and one with Rich Eisen with Murray around the time of the year he was drafted. And it was weird how painfully shy he was and how, difficult it was to get him to answer anything even simple question like are you looking forward to be drafted in the nfl first uh, uh,
0: yeah. the answer that uh,
1: uh, uh, what yeah yeah, yeah. he just you know it was weird it's almost like he was afraid to talk so to me that's what's weird it's that he that he doesn't know how to deal with the media so i say to myself is this some sort of message he's setting or is he somehow unaware of what he did um is it more of a like, I'm tired of this, I want to put it out of my. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's a negotiation ploy. Because listen, the Cardinals are over a barrel here. They built their whole team around That's right. Murray. That's okay? right, they sure
0: did. You know, so if-
1: that means their coaching staff. People forget. When you commit to someone like a Kyler Murray, a Lamar Jackson, oh, uh, when you these running quarterbacks who have very specific plays designed for them for these rollouts for these quarterback draws and powers like changes your whole team it means you got first of all you got to get receivers that can keep up with them you know no, no, no. the most important piece is
0: the offensive, the offensive, offensive line lineman. absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah. the offensive linemen have to be able to move around you need a different type of running back yeah. you need to have a backup quarterback who has the same skill set as your starter right because if you have lamar jackson you can't have Joe Flacco as your backup
0: right? because he can't right. run
1: that offense, right? right. So, the
0: Ravens are, are a great example. They had that other uh, uh, multi-dexterous multi, uh, kid who can sit there and yeah, run and throw. Yeah.
1: They had Griffith for a while while he was still playing. Then he got hurt, and uh, you're right, the the, the kid uh, whose name is number two. I Lonely, can't remember his name Lonely? right now. I think or
0: something like that. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that, that reminds me of a story when Steve Young took over from Joe Montana at first, the offensive lineman loathed him, not personally, but because I remember one of the guys who was on Jim Rome or something says, "Yeah, I'm setting up, blocking my guy, look back, he's gone. Right. <laughs> you know? and he was scrambling, and that alone, because you're talking five people, right you know receivers you can, will adapt, you know, but right. you're talking five, uh, offensive linemen. so I and mean, you hit it on the head, Kyler Murray, they built a team around him now I'm not going to say that was a mistake but I've got a couple points here, but the one point I want to say is I don't know the kid and, and I've seen him play and it was a tale of two seasons. Uh, and you can talk about the receivers not being there, right. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no matter how great he is, he is now perceived by that one play right or wrong in the playoffs Right. He looked, lo- he looked like a deer in the headlights. Yeah,
1: in the end zone through the interception.
0: And it was a pick six yeah. to the eventual Super Bowl winner to yeah. the Rams. And that play is what will epitomize him, Going at least in the short term, moving forward with the contract talk. Because all his critics are going to go, look at that. And then they're going to point his record. Now, the problem with Murray that, that I believe that, that some people have talked about, but the average fan misses, is the beating that these quarterbacks mm-hmm. take And he's a small kid, and he's a rusher. You know, at the end, my take is, in that playoff game, he didn't want to get hit. Yeah. It, it had nothing to do with his fear yeah. of the opponent. His his body was just that beat down. I mean, you're yeah. small and 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 you take those hits, those beats, and then you got Aaron Donald. You know, and like Fernando the Bull in that Disney cartoon, a big majestic creature just chasing you down. And not just
1: Donald, right? You still had Leonard Floyd. You had Von Miller. Like you had all these killers coming after you, basically.
0: Right, but the issue that that Chris Mortensen sent out a tweet and. You know Chris Mortensen is one of the classiest men around, and, yes. and when he gets information, it, it, it's not from the water boy; it's right. from legit sources. And he says that Murray is described as self-centered, immature, and finger pointer. Per sources, Murray is frustrated with franchise and was embarrassed by the playoff loss, and thinks he's been framed as a scapegoat. I got to be honest; those who want to play that card, I'm one of these guys. I'm well because I really don't have a comeback for it because his play stunk. That game. Yeah. To be honest. So I'm not saying it's his fault, but for him to sit there say it wasn't his fault, it's like, come on. It's a team sport and you're yeah. the cog of that offense. Yeah. A lot of that, a good leader would, would put it on his shoulders. However, I also agree with where it's headed. Despite the acrimony, they built that team around yes. him.
1: Yeah. You and, can't just and, get rid of him. You can't and, just and, get rid of him. And the
0: fact that the jury is still out on his yeah. long term potential.
1: Yeah. He, and You're and not going
0: to get a lot of trade offers.
1: Yeah, and and, and and part of the problem also is who do you trade him to?
0: And I, I want to get your comment on this. Uh, some reports are surfacing that he refused to enter the game at the end of the game in that playoff loss.
1: Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. But uh, if it's true, that's horrible. Um, look, part of the, I believe you. I believe you. I just said I haven't heard it. And if it's true, then then it's bad because, look, he needs to grow up in the sense of a, being a leader. I agree with you. Uh, he's there's 24,
0: no- John. You know, everybody
1: oh, wants to play. Uh, I'm just saying, everybody says, well, he's immature, he's a kid, he's
0: this. And then they'll turn around and say, he's a man. Look at that leadership. You can't have it both ways. Right. So, so where, do you stand on, where do you stand on him right now?
1: Look, I think he has talent. I think he can make it in the league. I think this year was an anomaly. Listen, I, I look, as, as a guy who does projections, I had Murray – Primed for a top five year in the NFL. Okay. And where did he end? Huh?
0: Where did he uh, end? In oh, era?
1: outside the top 10 because nice. he was hurt and he didn't produce now. Look, let's take some things into consideration here. One law is he lost DeAndre Hopkins. Big loss, big, big loss. loss, huge loss. Um and, and AJ
0: Green showed that time is caught up to
1: him. Yeah, it's caught up to him. I mean, Christian Kirk did some things. Rondale Moore still needs a year or two to get used to his, his new position. Zach Ertz helped a lot. Zach Ertz helped a lot. They should try to retain him for Murray for next season. But we'll What see. about the belief that
0: a great quarterback makes his receivers? I remember when Brett Favre, that was a talk about how sturdy Sharp made Brett Favre. And then after Sharp had that terrible yeah. uh, neck injury where he had to get a fuse and retire from the game, Favre did not miss a beat. Yeah. And, and he made a lot of average receivers. Uh, look good Uh, Troy Aikman I don't think he was the best quarterback talent wise but he was the best fit for that Dallas offense as a game manager but he had an arm and Alvin very accurate too he He made Alvin Harper look much better than he was as we saw when Alvin Harper left I think
1: think you're talking about great great quarterbacks you're absolutely right look like a good point guard in basketball right it makes he look. He makes his teammates look better than he makes himself look. A, a true point guard, right? Right. In the NFL, John a Stockton group, type, right? A, a, a good quarterback should make should elevate the play of others, absolutely. But at the same time, um, Murray was hampered. First, he lost D Hop, then he got hurt, and he played hurt a lot. And now, do you think that had to do with size or just fluke? I think it's both. we don't know. I think it's both. I think it's both. I think, listen, he's a small guy, like you said. uh, But here's the thing that, and I think I mentioned this to you during the season a couple of times. To me, I don't think it was Murray. I think the coaching staff tried to keep him out of harm's way. Because if you notice, there were fewer designed runs, fewer times where he just took off. Whereas last season, he would take off. And that's what made him so exciting. You know, like Lamar Jackson almost, right? He would take off and zoom all over the place. But is that a product of him realizing, man, I'm taking
0: a beating here. And the coach is trying to protect him. And the reason I say that is you've taken what makes him special away.
1: Exactly. So, and that's exactly. why I,
0: I have questions for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, sorry, I, I, about him.
1: Personally, I think it was a coaching decision. I think it was a scheme decision. But to your point, once you take that out of the playbook, is he really a number one draft pick at that point? Oh, is no. he really someone like he's like he's got a good arm, but like you said, what is he got oh, a Hell of an arm. Yeah, he's five nine, five ten, something like that. He's a he's a small guy. He's not your classic pocket quarterback. So what do you do with him if he's not moving the pocket? And even if you don't send him on quarterback uh, powers and sweeps and all that, like is he is he a classic pocket passer? No, he's not. He can't survive in the pocket. Here's so, what I would do.
0: I, don't I mean, I, I'm not a coach, but I would make sure that he saw game film of Steve Young uh, later in his career, Brett Favre later in his career. You know, th- these are rushing QBs yeah. that that learn how to be a quarterback, and then the greatest of them all, because from his rookie season, he knew and understood when to use his legs to 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 create a better passing situation right. to open up the pass and when to use it to run. And that's Russell Wilson. Well,
1: you know, I was going to say, you could see similarities there because you don't, to be a mobile quarterback, it doesn't mean that you're taking off all the time. That's right. It that's can saying, be but most buy- quarterbacks don't learn that until yeah. later in their career. Listen, Russell Wilson you, knew it from day one. Russell Wilson's done it from day one. And listen, somebody that you don't think of doing this, who does, who did do it a lot, who just retired, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. when you watched yeah. him play, no one would ever accuse him of being a running quarterback. Right. But Within the pocket, he would know enough to go two steps to the right, two steps to the left, two forward, three back. He always managed to move around just enough to be able to buy an extra second or two for his receivers to get open. The fact that he was a big guy helped, right, because he was hard to bring down. But a lot of people underestimate how crafty he was in the pocket. Murray doesn't necessarily have to be taking off all the time to be effective. He can just – you can do a rolling pocket – you could, you could have him just bounce around in the pocket. Like you said, like Russell Wilson, Wilson learned early on. Yes. He could take off. More. Wilson could take off a lot more than he does. He's right? small, I mean, he's
0: a small guy too. He's not
1: six foot neither. Right. But he he's learned how to protect himself. That's right. And he's learned like he'll save it for when his team needs it. Like a third and eight uh, with the game on the line. If it's man to man, he takes off because he knows exactly. he can get the first down. Exactly. Murray, if he can pick that up, like, look, maybe a good thing is spend the offseason with Russell Wilson. Maybe they need to hook you that know, up, you know, maybe just spend time with the guy and learn from him. Somebody
0: tweeted, it would be a perfect trade. It'll never happen. Same division, same conference, but the Cardinals are built to win now. And the Seahawks are getting ready to go to a rebuilding mode. The trade, those two Wilson to the Cardinals, uh, uh, Murray to the Seahawks, perfect situation for both. It'll never happen, but mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my God,
1: that would be perfect." That's one of those that makes sense on paper, and that's like what us analysts and column writers love to do, right? Oh man, this is perfect. Why won't they do it? Well, there's money involved. Like Wilson's not going to come over dark cheap, right? Uh, the Cardinals would, might do it because Murray. Uh, I'm sorry, the Seahawks would do it because Murray's coming on a rookie contract. So they would take it in a heartbeat, probably, yeah, and they yeah. and they get a much younger quarterback that they can work with.
0: I agree, um, but I agree. the Cardinals
1: Cardinals couldn't afford Wilson.
0: i oh, well, I heard
1: the same thing. Wilson to the Giants. Yeah. Everyone here in New York, Wilson. Yeah, you know, on
0: Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, he, he needs to be watching film on Steve Young, Favre, and Murray because he's a big guy and Roethlisberger, and I, I'm actually anxious to see uh, what he can do with an actual. Um, coaching staff that knows where they're doing real quick, the reason I said it could offer insight is agents and former players I was blessed with the fact that KFL was able to, uh, to to open doors to agents and players. and the one thing I always heard was these men these young men once people discover their special talent are never told no. And when you're a superstar at Murray's level, you're never told no, but your handlers are of the most importance. Right in here, and, and, and the the best analogy I have is Mike Tyson, when when he had a, 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 a I forget their names, uh, his trainers, his handlers before yeah. Don King took over. customado and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy. They knew how to handle mm-hmm. him with the media. They taught him about life. They said this is what's acceptable, what's not. And as soon as Don King came came in, and took over. However, I'll, we won't get into that, but he took over the kid's career. Everything went downhill, right. ending up with him being in prison. So I think maybe does he have handlers or maybe it was a limelight to the point where he thought his, you know, what didn't stink. Uh, who knows? But at the end of the day, something happened between college and after year one, maybe he started believing in his highlight reels. Who knows? But something happened there. And I believe, though, the root of it is these these kids are never told no.
1: Yeah, early well, on, I, there's a lot of truth to what you say, but I, oh, it's
0: not my opinion. This is what agents and former players no, no, are telling
1: me. Yeah, no, I'm saying there's a lot of truth to what you say. I, I agree with it. Um, I also think, look, maybe we're just overanalyzing a little bit, and maybe it's because he was hurt, right? Because you know, I can't argue hurt. that it could yeah. be something as simple as that, yeah.
0: But the, that doesn't change the fact the Cardinals still have a big question mark do you extend him now or do you wait? Because if you wait he does perform. He, his price tag has just gone that much higher.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I'd, okay. wait. I'd wait. I'd wait. I would wait. too. I, his wait.
0: size scares me. His size scares me.
1: Yeah. You've got five you know, years. And, and
0: I want to see how he can handle the You've, beat, got, the you've got five years to inside.
1: decide. You've got five years to decide. And then you can franchise him. So wait. Yeah, that's there's true. no There's that's no true. reason to rush. That's
0: true. That's true. Okay. Moving on. Yes. We, we do. We are politics and sports, but we're also pop culture. because that. That always intercedes with both of them. Now we know everybody loved Bob Saget; he was beloved. What I found funny about Bob Saget was this clean-cut image, and he didn't care if you saw his his off-camera image It was an F bomb every other word.
1: Oh, one of the dirt. Hey, have you ever seen this movie called uh, The Aristocrats? No, I have
0: not. But, I, but it get yourself—it's
1: the telling of the world's dirtiest joke. There's a there's a joke called The Aristocrats. I won't get into it but it's supposed to be an inside joke for all comedians, right? Right. Bob Sackett's version of The Aristocrats is one of the filthiest, raunchiest, bluest tellings that I've ever seen on film. If you thought this guy, what was his character? Mr. Tanner or whatever his name was?
0: I, I never watched
1: it. I was a little older, so. I would love to see someone who saw him only as a sitcom guy listen to that joke. I think someone's head might explode. He was—he was a good stand-up comic. Not, I'm not going to say great. He was a good stand-up comic, but yeah, he could be filthy, dirty. Yeah. Well, maybe
0: we'll post it on our Facebook page, Sports sure. Grumblings. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sportsgrumblings.com
0: on Facebook. Visit it. Well, so Bob Saget passed away, and they said he died because he had a hit on his head. Well, more yeah. and more stories, anecdotally speaking, are starting to come out of people having fainting spells after their their third booster or or stories like that. Now I'm not a scientist. You are, but at the end of the day, science is built around. Hmm. Let's look into this. Right. So Bob Saget had several fractures along with abrasions to his scalp. In essence, they said he died of blunt head trauma. And it wasn't a Mm. simple pop on the head. It was, it was was pretty massive. Uh, On top of that, his respiratory story, his respiratory system was COVID positive, you know, Mr. Vaccine, multiple vaccines and boom, still has COVID. So I just found that ironic. It has nothing to do with the story. Right. But the feigning does. There's also this comedian named Heather McDonald, right, who was doing her show and her intro was funny. Again, if you can't laugh at yourself, then there's something right, wrong. Sure. And, she, and she was hammering on the anti-COVID people, but she's doing it in a funny way, ranging from her period right, to right. Jesus must love me to oh, boom. She falls yeah. within two minutes of opening her show. And if you see the video, you can go yeah. on YouTube and, and watch it. You look like it's part of the act. They're exactly. Yeah. but that's what happens. You just, yeah. your face just, ah, you know, and she fractures her school, you yeah. know, which begs the question to me that okay, it's anecdotal here, there, there. But this is why I'm so against censoring other scientists who, who have different thoughts on this. It's like, is there a relation to this? I'm not saying there is, but I'm saying seeing this trend happening, I would go, we need to look into this. What are your thoughts? Well, well, first of all, what are your thoughts on Bob Sagan and Heather McDonald as comedians? Right, right. Well, we already so, heard Bob.
1: Oh, as, as comedians, yeah. Well, look, Heather McDonald is not someone I particularly care for. She used to be on Chelsea Lately, Chelsea Handler's show. Um, I I don't think she's horrible. Uh, I don't think she's particularly funny. So as a comedian, I I really don't have an opinion on her. Um, I saw the clip you're talking about. Yeah, she was being funny. And literally she said, uh, I guess Jesus loves me. And then she fainted or something to that effect. So the timing of it was, like you said, I think everyone in the audience thought it was a joke. And you could see that for the first yeah. 30, 40 seconds of her being flat on her back, breathing heavily. Cause you could see her chest. Uh, yeah. the way it, it was like
0: a staccato breathing. She, yeah. <laughs> she was, she,
1: yeah, she was hyperventilating. Okay. 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 So it, it, it was obvious that she was in distress to me. Like nobody
0: knew it at first. Nobody
1: knew it. Right. They all thought it was part of the act now.
0: And part of that, John was because of the face she gave. Yes, it was she, like this humorous type face.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I saw, it. no, you're right. I don't blame the people in the audience. I would have thought it was part of the act if I wasn't aware of it, you know, but um, to your bigger point, listen, um, I think with Saget, uh, I didn't hear about the COVID in his lungs. I mean, in, um, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I didn't read about that. I did read that they think he died um, basically from the head trauma, which could have well, been that's anything. What they concluded. It's right. It's not a
0: think That's what they say he died from.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's what they died. That's what the autopsy said. And uh, they don't know how it happened. It could have been that he was in a car accident that no one knew about. He could have slipped and fell in the tub or something.
0: Yeah, they implied he fell and just went to bed. And and that's what sounds fishy to a lot of people. It's like, man, when you get whacked as hard as you're saying he got whacked and he doesn't do anything
1: about it, it's kind of like, hmm. I'm not saying it's conspiratorial,
0: but I'm like, "Ah." no, No, no,
1: but I'll tell you from personal experience that, yeah, you don't think anything is wrong. And that's a problem a lot of people with concussions have. They just want to go to sleep, and then they never wake up. Uh, yeah. uh, Liam Neeson's wife died from that. I think where she- In a ski had,
0: accident.
1: Yeah, she was in a ski accident, but she was let go, I think, initially. They said, okay, there's nothing wrong. But she had a brain bleed that eventually took over, you know, and that's what killed her.
0: Yeah, but, but I, and I agree with you, because that's happened to me, too. Because yeah. we love having to go to wait in the emergency room. Yeah. But that said, you're seeing these, these people. My father- just had surgery, but had his, got vaccinated, his third booster shot, not, maybe a couple of weeks, few weeks ago, and he, he fell walking to the bathroom, you know. See, so I'm not saying, oh, look, he found that it, but I'm just saying, in my head, okay, bam, 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 is this something we need to start looking at? You know, because again, we're still learning. About the effects of this vaccine I, I, and the booster shot. Yeah,
1: my 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 general gut feeling is that it's not related, and I'll tell you why. Because first of all, you're suffering from something called recency bias. Not you personally, but people who try to put this together. One is, well, they got vaccinated. Well, sure, so did millions of other people, who, and nothing happened to them.
0: Right, right. The cause and effect. Just course, because. It, the, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's the proximity
1: exactly. effect of it. it, it this, exactly. It, the second thing is, um, uh, I'm pretty sure it's throughout the country but like when i went to get my vaccine when i got my booster shot they make you stay in front of them for half an hour they don't let well, you leave
0: this has happened like later on though. no no
1: i understand but most adverse effects of that nature happen within a short time frame of, of the shot right right
0: right so right. that's
1: why they make you no, st- no, no no
0: no no no, i'm sorry no i said right but no no they happen like two
1: or three weeks later no these did but i'm saying typically Gotcha, gotcha if you see a problem whether it's shortness of breath dizziness right, right. Uh, trouble swallowing that's why they make you oh see that's that. right
0: i i'm a i have no shame in saying that but i remember as a kid because in the military as brats who oversees whatever yeah. they line you up i mean they do it yeah. now as civilians but at the time they did it i mean they made us wait we yes. had to wait they had to watch us for a little yeah. while I, I do remember that yeah. as a kid
1: yeah that's a well-known protocol for vaccination in general it's not new right um so so to me i think it's more coincidence than anything else um people who are performers typically now what you could argue p- perhaps is that someone like um Saget, if he really did have covid and didn't know it he may have been exhausted without realizing it
0: no he knew it i think his wife said that he had been dealing with the covid uh, like, okay fair slowly. enough
1: I, I didn't know that okay so but my point is that when you have covid one of the things that goes, the primary thing that goes is your, is your breathing. It's like, it gets like, I've had good friends who got COVID. They were, yeah, yeah. I mean, the ICUs. Yeah. They were non-vaxxers. They were non-vaxxers. So they, they got COVID. And a
0: lot of vaxxers have gotten, uh, no, no, I understand. I understand, but they
1: suffer. I mean, look at Israel. (laughs) No, no, I I understand, but they, they suffered greatly because they weren't vaccinated. So I'm not saying they caught it necessarily because of that, but once they got it, it hit him hard because they had yeah. no defense. You know,
0: I, I, I'm not a scientist. So I'm doing a little pushback, but I did yeah. a lot of reading on it. It's it, It's got, a, you know, our problem in America, I have a friend, a personal friend. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to embarrass him. And <laughs> he even doesn't even know the face I made when he told me. He was a little hefty and he's unvaxxed. He goes, and I'm not worried about it. I'm in pretty good shape. And I was like, you know, i was like
1: oh my god i'm like dude you are a happy meal waiting to happen
0: for yeah. COVID. and and so i think a lot of uh people who are in shape like joe rogan he was doing badly took the ivermectin which can be which has is used for humans too and boom i think a lot of it has to do with our own our own uh uh, 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 lifestyles. I mean, you yourself have lost a lot of weight. Nothing to do with COVID. Yeah. As much as you feel much better. Yes, it, you yes. more energy. Your body's stronger. So, mm. so, so. I like I said. I'm not saying hey, this is COVID, but I do know this: that this we don't. This has never been tested. I mean they did minimal trials but these trials take 10 11 years i know you know that as a biologist i know that through, yeah. through doing a yeah. paper look, on vaccines yeah. and big pharma yeah.
1: there's there's different there's different levels of testing now look most of us will tell you the fda especially libertarians will tell you the fda should be abolished right that they're i agree the, um, like they're to the degree they, right they they their their now. they're political yeah their requirements for testing are ridiculous um you know, well, that's
0: that's why during the AIDS epidemic a lot of rich people who could afford it would go overseas to Europe.
1: yeah absolutely so and yeah. actually you want to hear it's going to be very rare William one of the good things Trump did was he let oh people, my god and, which, look I give credit where credit is due one of the positive near things he did and you I, yeah and I cheered him on when he did this he allowed people to get medication right uh, ahead of FDA approval which, which, you, should. which Anybody you should, should. you absolutely should. That's what true autonomy is. Right. So okay. I, applaud- that's, that's where the libertarian to me comes out too. Right. You're I die. Why not give it a shot? Right. I applauded him for that. Okay. And, and you know, it hurts me to say it. I applauded him for that. Okay.
0: My friends, it kills him to say it, it. kills
1: me to say it, but he did the right thing. But the, the thing to understand is that so when people say these vaccines are untested, that's not true.
0: No, no, they, no, no. They, they, they went through a short testing period. And they that's went what through I an
1: accelerated say. testing yeah. period.
0: Yeah, but, but nowhere near as intense I, as what they...
1: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is, they probably... Look, do we know the but, long... Well, hold on, hold on, John, a question regarding yeah.
0: that. They went through the testing, but there's no way they could tell the long-term effects in that that's short That's what I was going to say.
1: Right. The long-term effects are unknown. But because of the mechanism of the vaccine, the mechanism of the virus itself you know you can pro- you can project certain things and and look everything's a probability okay we like if you're a scientist a biologist a virologist a mathematician a computer got the guy who builds the models right everything oh, yeah, is a- that
0: doctor the doctor right. who uh, they censored who actually uh yeah. was the mrna whatever that that term is. messenger
1: rna based technology yeah yeah mRNA, I mean, yeah you know so, so he so, was talking about that too yeah and look um I, I've I've heard some doctors say, and eh, the vaccine, this, the vaccine, that. I'd rather not take. Look, that's their opinion, and I'm not for censoring them. I'm not for censoring them.
0: Oh, and, and I know that. I know yeah. that. You know, guys, I sit there and pick on Big John a lot it's because okay. he's the nicest guy, and I can run over people. Yeah. So I'll be honest. I take advantage of that. That's
1: okay. Wow. That's okay. <laughs> but but I want people to understand. I'm not against censorship, but I think that this sort of um, that a lot of people who get hyped up, right? And 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 it's not just, I'm not just blaming Trump people on this. So do Biden people, you know, so do leftists. Leftists the sheep, get- The sheep on both sides. The sheep on both sides and they get hyped up. And I'm like, if we were all reasonable, we wouldn't be in this mess, right? But I think the thing what you said about the fainting possibly, look, I, I'm I'm open to the possibility, but I think the overwhelming odds are that it's not related. But I'm, like if someone said to me, here's a study, here's what we did. And you know what, John, you should pay attention because there seems to be perhaps a link. And look, sometimes it, uh, all this time, I thought fish oil was good for my heart. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. I just read articles too. I'm like, really? I did, and I and now they happy.
1: figured out that the studies they conducted uh, that were long-term studies, like, I mean, they went on for 20, 25 years. Okay. And they would say like, oh, fish oil, and this goes to prove a point. It turns out that fish, fish oil doesn't hurt or harm your heart, okay? It's very neutral. The reason they thought it helped was because they only looked at fish oil. They didn't look at, for example, a lot of the people who ate a lot of fish, the Japanese, the Mediterraneans, right? That's Why that. did they live longer and have lower heart disease? Well, guess what else they did? They exercised a lot. They didn't eat a lot of refined sugars.
0: Well, you know, it, it's funny you say that. The Eskimos, they eat a lot of blubber. Oh, you know, but yet yeah, they fine. live on. You, yeah. know? you know, real quick, uh, most don't realize I worked in the Alzheimer's Association. Marketing yes, fundraising. Yeah. I'm very proud uh, uh, of what I did there. Stories for another day. But I'll tell you this, John. We were, our the Alzheimer's Association is built around the caregiver, not right. the patient. But that didn't stop big pharma from always knocking on my door, sure. ha- wanting me to push certain things. And I discovered that back in the eighties, and this is one reason why we got HMOs was the greed of the doctor. A uh, big Pharma was able to bribe them. Literally push our drug, push our drug. They get free trips to, the, to yep. Hawaii, they get bonuses. They get the tickets yeah. to whatever, you know, so, so never put it past big pharma, the push bad medicine, uh, the opioids. You know, it's not, bad. it's not that the medicine's bad. It's the addictive process. And like, we've talked yeah. about people who talk about illegal drugs being the bane of this world. And I'm like, well, what about the, 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 the uh, prescription drugs? Yeah. You know, so, so again, I'm, I'm my take as an analyst stats guy, yeah. because when we started doing the stats breakdown, there were no, there was nothing there. We helped create this for fantasy sports. Right. And, there were a lot of criteria that I eventually, after a year or so, I, oh, we don't need that. It's not effective. But I kept logging it in my right. Excel spreadsheet. And that's how I view this. I'm like, look, if there's enough anecdotal information, we as scientists, not myself, but those scientists have a responsibility to look into it. And that's all I ask. Yeah. I just, I just uh, uh, anecdotal is not science, but that's how you get to science. You yeah. notice that trend.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. the science is actually the process. Form a right. hypothesis, test it, see if it's repeatable, draw a conclusion, blah 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 blah. Science is a process. People think science <clears throat> is a subject, <laughs> or, yeah. or you know, like like chemistry, right? It's not. Science is literally, if you look up the definition of science, it's it's a methodology yep, for exactly. arriving at a conclusion, right? And and it's right. a very disciplined way of asking and answering questions. So part was, of science is constantly questioning. That's right. That's right. right. Part of science. So that's as right. a scientist. I have no problem with Joe Rogan. I have no problem with these, with these doctors, whether they're hacks or not proposing these like theories and putting forth. But my point is, yes, have a scientist come on, put forth his hypothesis, explain it to me, tell me what testing you did and then allow me to repeat it. That's science. Okay. Right. What I object okay. to is the politi- uh the politics politicization of the science, which is, for example, so as, soon as, study, as soon as a study, as soon as a study comes up, <laughs> as soon as a study comes up, you have the liberals saying, "See, this is why you need a mask. This is why you got to mask children." And the Republicans start saying, "See, this is why it's a hoax." See, right? I,
0: Republicans aren't saying that though. They're not saying that. They're saying what you're saying. It's just they're not. They're being drowned out. And, and case in point is the John Hopkins study. The media ignored it. You know, uh completely different topic, but all the information that's been coming out the last few days about a journal yes. report, media's not covering it. My take is, and we'll talk about that another day, but my take is that's where the failure begins and ends. The media's taken a side, and that's what's well, causing this division. True, have. but they weren't always as open about it. And 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 the courts take the side of the media when you try to take it to court. I think I think we have to protect the media. Because at the end of the day, the government wants to take over the media. But when we're in the position we're in right now, I think the courts need to look at the media like they do any other individual. It's that blatant. In terms and this of is what? coming from somebody who's seen Torrijos and Noriega in action. In terms of
1: what? I'm sorry, to... expand on that. In terms of what? Look at what The of...
0: courts have stated that the threshold is so much higher for the For libel. For libel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think that needs to be rethought of. I'm not saying send the media to jail or this or that, but I I mean, based on how bad the media has gotten, uh, uh, that needs to be uh, looked at. And the reason I say the courts because you can't trust the politicians to do it right. Oh, yeah. You can't
1: trust the politicians. And I I think are you referring to the Sarah Palin case?
0: Well, it, it, that that's just one of many. That's right. just okay. the latest.
1: Yeah. Because,
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can understand when a court. I remember I learned about it when I was a, a teenager. There was an au pair out of Boston, and the verdict came back with the uh, ruling for the for the, for the family. And the judge said no because the threshold wasn't met. So I understand that, and that's what I'm talking about. That this judge abuses power, I think, because he came out publicly before the jury had made their decision. I'm throwing the case out. There was no I forget the term where they keep the jury from seeing the media, so the jury's immediately being they were, they were
1: reclused.
0: Yeah, they weren't recused in terms of not being. They still had access. Right. So I'm like, you just tainted a jury because they're gonna look at that and then what the hell are we doing here? Right. I've been I've been here for five days. So so I just think the courts need to be reined in a bit to do their job. And you rein them in by by impeaching some of the abusive ones. But Democrats and Republicans have to come together and we're so divided it's not. No, so, it's not gonna I happen. I don't think anything's ever gonna change. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah it's not gonna yeah. happen.
0: And at the end of the day, it's up to the people to start getting uh, educated and then not. But we're rambling on. So, and we've got a I'm lot trying. of time. So we're gonna close this out. Uh, we recap this. You know, we talked Super Bowl, all aspects of it. We talked the mask hypocrisy uh, a lot because we disagreed on that. Sure. And we ended it with the Bob Saget, and, and it's a shame that Bob Saget has gone. I, I'm not a big Bob Saget fan, but Full House was that era, and it, it, you know, somebody in his 60s, I'm like, oh my god, you know. So uh, 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 tomorrow we're, we're going to be talking about the NBA and John's yeah. going to bring in one of his, one of his uh, top guys to sit there and break it down for us. I'm really curious about this, this trade involving Harper, because a lot of people are stating that, that it was a great trade. Harden Harden. Harden, 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 I'm yeah. sorry, in terms of getting rid of, of him but I, my thought is well look how much they gave up for yeah. him the year before so i, I want to ask questions on that
1: yeah and, we're gonna and- we're gonna have uh the editor uh in chief of nerd fantasy sports come on uh dennis velasco and he'll talk about all the trades break them down for us and and uh certainly he'll talk some nba he's my hoops expert you know and to have him on to get his knowledge i think i think the 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 viewers will really enjoy themselves with it
0: all right people and the conservative Latino, the libertarian, both of us are fantasy sports pioneers. We are signing off. Y'all have a wonderful day.
1: Peace, America.